Hi, this is Bob McDonald, and welcome to Differentiate or Die, the Firebrick Consulting podcast series that focuses on the keys to great positioning. On this edition, Firebrick founder Bob Wright and I are going to be talking about hitting the bullseye with your positioning, best practices on how to operationalize your story with one of our own, Firebrick positioning consultant Katie Mokelke. Katie just celebrated her seventh anniversary at Firebrick, and she has now worked on over 50 Firebrick positioning engagements. When she came to Firebrick seven years ago, Katie brought with her over 15 years of experience leading dozens of B2B tech companies in launch, pre- and post-acquisition, and market-differentiating communications programs. Most notably, Katie was a vice president at Horn Group, one of the most enduring agency brands in the tech industry. At Horn, she was a go-to player for any account with a complex positioning problem, whether for technology, market, or reputation reasons. She helped lead a number of Horn's largest clients, including Novell and Right Now. She also led the company's book launch practice, working closely with, among others, Crossing the Chasm's Jeffrey Moore. Katie, welcome to the podcast. As some of our listeners are aware, our Firebrick business cards now carry, in addition to our title, a word that best describes a talent we have that contributes to the Firebrick positioning process. That's right. Tell us what's behind your choice of the word illuminator. Oh, thanks. Well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me here. It's really fun to talk to you both um, about this. And yeah, we had a lot of fun with those titles and um, had a lot of good conversations. And I chose Illuminator because I like to think that I help shine a light on things for Firebrick. So both with our team, as well as our clients, as well as the process that we have. So helping to sort of bring our ideas and concepts to life. And that's really kind of what the idea is behind uh, Illuminator. So many levels, not just what you do in the workshops themselves where you also play that role. Yeah. So it's illuminating what a company needs to do on a strategy level uh, with their positioning, but then also just overall with, you know, with a client in terms of how to get them from point A to point B with a really strong positioning story. And I think that ties into the topic today because it's not just about creating the positioning story. It's also about how you roll it out. That's, you know, just as important as the actual story that you develop. So let's talk in more detail about that, Katie. You've seen a lot of positioning rollouts in your career and when you're leading a positioning engagement we spend you know an intense six to eight weeks developing a positioning strategy and a positioning story and a messaging for a client then we hand over those deliverables and then they're ready to operationalize what's the first thing that you always recommend to a client for the successful rollout and operationalizing of a positioning strategy Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, I think the first thing I'll say is what you don't do. So after all of that great thought and time working on a positioning and bringing in multiple stakeholders, what you don't do is you don't just take it and throw it over the wall and say, here you go, run with it. I think what's really important is that clients take the time to take a step back and be really intentional about how they want to roll out the positioning and come up with a plan both for, you know, the internal rollout of the story, but then also externally. What are some of the key elements of that plan? What are the kinds of things they need or the buckets they need to be thinking about before they start 
you know, telling people about the great new positioning? So I think one of the first things that I always want to see clients do is thinking about an internal company rollout. So really figuring out the right time to roll it out internally with all of the employees. And that could be part of a town hall meeting. That could be as part of a, you know, internal, you know, sales kickoff, or it could be just some other, you know, sort of important milestone meeting internally where the executive team introduces the new positioning, talks about the process and the journey that they use to kind of get to that point of rolling out the positioning, taking the time to sort of celebrate, okay, we got to this point, we're putting the stake in the ground. And now come join us on this journey. This is the story that we're taking to the market. In talking about that internal rollout, many of our many clients I know immediately think of sales enablement, but you're you're talking beyond just sales enablement to company enablement. And how are you going to train the company about the new positioning? Yeah. Yes. And just really making sure you're setting aside the time, you know, particularly for the executives to set aside the time to introduce the story to the rest of the employees. That's one key thing. The other thing that I really love to see is to find a couple of really senior ambassadors for the positioning within the company. And usually that might be the CEO or the CMO, or maybe it's a head of sales, you know, somebody that will practice giving the story. Maybe even you'll record them giving the story in a video format, you know, something that can be distributed across the organization for people to actually hear someone give the positioning and hear, you know, hear it come to life so that they can really sort of see and get their head around it. Katie, in addition to an internal rollout we, and an external rollout, we also talked about sales enablement. What are some of the best practices as you've seen of getting a sales organization up to speed on the new positioning? Well, there's a couple of things. I think the first step is to really make sure that, you know, in addition to the positioning you have and the positioning presentation that you have some sort of supporting materials that will be companions to the positioning that are specifically created for the sales team. That's going to give some background on you know, what the positioning is, how to use it. It's going to have things like what to look for, what are the different elements of the strategy. It's going to have you know, specific messages written for a sales audience. So how do you take the positioning and then translate that down to the field sales team? So that they have the right language to actually engage their buyers around the positioning. So I think that's the first thing is really just sort of having the supporting materials that they can use to put the positioning into practice. And the second main thing is, you know, again, to really be intentional and set aside the time to train the right folks within the sales organization so that they are equipped to not only start using it, but then model for the rest of the sales team how, how to use it. So a lot of times what we'll do is a train the trainer type session where we'll set aside a half day or a full day where we'll sit down with some key sales leaders, walk them through the positioning. A lot of times they were involved in the development of it, but show them kind of where it is, talk them through the different components of the, of the positioning, the different slides, the rationale behind it, talk through questions or objections or feedback that they have, and then give them an opportunity to practice giving it in front of their peers and getting them really behind the story. You know, one of the great benefits, of course, uh, to our process is that some of the key sales executives have participated in the development of the positioning story. So they're already kind of queued up to play those leadership roles you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Although I'm always really surprised that it's just 
even if you were, you know, and even for me, anyone who's been along the journey all along the way in the positioning, everyone benefits from setting aside the time to really delve into it, to spend time practicing, delivering the slides, giving the talking points, thinking about additional examples that they might use to, you know, expand upon the slides, those types of things. How important is it for the executive team to drive consistency during the operationalizing uh, and roll out of a positioning, new positioning? Well, I think it's very important. (laughs) You might have guessed I was going to say that. But no, I mean, it's really, really important because once you start using the story in the field and start delivering it, you know, and using it with customers or analysts or investors, you're going to get feedback. And that's a natural part of the process. So it's really important to get the leadership behind it because you don't want people just taking it, getting feedback and then changing it based on the last conversation that they had. You really need to have consistency over a quarter or two. And then after that, take a look holistically at the positioning and maybe some adjustments that you make. So having the leadership team behind the positioning ahead of time helps you stay the course. So staying the course is really important in the in the beginning of the positioning being rolled out. So uh, doing some tuning six months into the rollout, it's a good time to kind of step back, see what's working, what's not working. Absolutely. Yeah. After one quarter or maybe two quarters, you know, along the way, figuring out a way to capture the feedback, having some sort of mechanism to do that, and then kind of creating a milestone where you then get together as a group or Firebrick comes back in for, you know, positioning reviews a lot of the time or doing some sort of survey. Just setting aside some time to take a look at it and figure out how do we fine tune it based on what, everything that we've learned. Talking about another topic that I know you feel strongly about is the whole concept of testing the thing after the positioning is developed before you roll it out. Talk, talk about that for a moment. Okay. Yeah. I, I love to bring this up during workshops because I really do believe so strongly it's so important for companies to do some sort of validation phase with the positioning. And that's for a couple of reasons. I mean, the first one is, is that you really want to get that real market feedback before you roll it out. So figuring out a way to incorporate that into the process. But the other reason that it's really important is because, you know, in getting that feedback, it gives you the confidence that you have the right story or let's make these adjustments and then we'll have the right story. And so having that confidence is so key for everyone to get behind it and drive that consistency that we were talking about a minute ago. And there's all different levels of testing that you can do. It doesn't you know, you don't have to do something that's really long and drawn out. There's quick and easy ways to do it. There's, you know, multiple different approaches. Give us some examples then. What what are you seeing some of our clients do kind of on the lesser end and then the, and then the, the, you know, more extensive end? Yeah. So there's kind of the way I think about it, there's almost three levels. So the first level would be what we would call soft testing. So that would be something like going to a conference and having, you know, a couple of meetings set up with your customers. Or maybe you have a customer advisory board meeting coming up, and that's a really good opportunity to get feedback. It's essentially a kind of informal conversation where you are introducing some concepts of the positioning, asking some key questions to get their opinions that are kind of, you know, that help you ascertain whether some of the elements in the positioning align with their thinking. And you might even just show, you know, a couple of key slides and get feedback on what they think. So that would kind of be the first level. The second level would be more formalized one-on-one interviews with a handful of clients. A lot of times clients can do that internally or they can employ us to do that. It sort of depends, but you'd have more of a developed discussion guide to go along with those interviews 
so that you create consistency across, let's say, 10 customers, for example. And also, you really want to make sure that you're not only interviewing customers, but you're interviewing customers that represent the next set of buyers that you're trying to reach. And you know, in those conversations, you might handpick three or four slides that are really important to the positioning and hit some pretty prescriptive questions that are developed specifically to get the right kind of feedback that will help you summarize the feedback and also make some specific decisions on how to adjust it. So that would be the second level. And then the third level would be more formalized focus group testing. And for that, you would use a third-party firm. And we work with a couple of really great ones. And that would include blind testing of customers that represent your next set of buyers and trying to reach maybe more like 10 to 20 of those buyers and walking them through a pretty prescriptive, formalized process to get their feedback on the slides. And just to clarify that blind testing is they don't know the company that's introducing these ideas and thoughts to them. Mm-hmm. And in many times during that, uh, th- that focus group testing, you're testing the ideas of the positioning without associating it with the brand of the company. Right. Yes. And having the benefit of that, that they don't know who they're dealing with. And so hopefully then you'll get that much more objective feedback because they don't know which company they're referring to. And you get really great feedback that way, not only on the positioning, but just generally about you know what it's like to be that buyer. What are the things that are keeping them up at night? What are the dynamics that they're seeing in the market? And that can be really, I think, instrumental for companies too. Katie, is there any other advice or creative ideas you've seen that would be helpful for our audience uh, to know about the proper way or best practices of rolling out a new positioning? Yeah, well, it's been really fun over the years to see different clients and the different ideas that they come up with, um, all in the spirit of driving consistency, staying the course and giving people different ways to engage with the content so that they really internalize it. And I've seen a couple of things. So for example, at New Relic, I love how they, you know, New Relic was one of our clients. They took the positioning pillars that we developed with them, the differentiators, and they printed them out. It was on this kind of cool uh, rocket ship graphic. And then they laminated that card and handed it out to every employee so that they could tack, tack it up in their cubicle and just have the differentiators right in front of them on a daily basis. So I thought that was a really great idea. I've also seen companies create little pocket guides of the positioning with the supporting messaging. It's just an easy handout, something that people have on hand. And one time even, this is kind of a fun example, this was Click Software. So they did a game show type um, activity around the positioning. So they took volunteers, anyone that wanted to get up and give the positioning presentation in front of their peers, And then they voted on who did the best job delivering the positioning. And I think the winner got $1,000, which is pretty cool. (laughs) That's motivating. (laughs) Wish I could have been in that competition. Before you joined us seven years ago, you um, have, of course, been working on positioning engagements uh, throughout your career. What are your thoughts about what makes the firebrick process that you're a part of now different? than what you've uh, seen in the industry? Oh, that's a really, really great question because when I was on the PR side, we did a lot of positioning ourselves and we're brought in to do that type of work all the time. So there's a couple things. I mean, first and foremost, I think we have this just amazing process that we've honed over the years um, because, you know, people can do positioning on their own. It's just really hard to do. And as a team, we've spent so much time and brain power trying to figure out the best way to help lead 
companies through that process so that they can move through the positioning process in the fastest way possible with the best ideas, leveraging all the knowledge. And I think we've done a really good job institutionalizing the knowledge that we've learned and then figuring out, you know, how to make it just the best seamless process for a company and bringing in all of the right people. So I think that's the key thing, because I feel like what I've seen before is I think everyone can come up with, you know, good ideas, but it's not just about the ideas. It's also about getting everyone aligned around the right ideas and having the right steps in place to hit the right milestones that it all comes together into a really cohesive, great story. Katie, from your perspective, given that you have a corporate communications PR background, what do you see as the difference between positioning and messaging? Oh, that's such a good question. It's funny because I was talking about that with someone today that I was interviewing. And well, I think, you know, lots of people have different opinions about that. I think of positioning as the core elements of a company's go to market strategy. It's what they're it's where they're putting their stake in the ground in a couple of key areas. So it's around their target buyer, the competition, differentiation, category, those elements. What's the position that they're taking in the market? And then the message are, is the words that they use to then communicate that position. And I think they're, you know, it's a gray area. They overlap quite a bit. But that's kind of how I like to think about it. Yeah, what I see is uh, the difference between PR messaging is it's a different audience. PR messaging is really targeted specifically about get getting press and headlines. Yes. And that's a very different objective than positioning that really is used to drive revenue, engage sales cycles, drive valuation and category creation. Yeah. I mean, it's hard when you're in the PR shoes because you're really beholden to what you've talked about most recently with the press. So if you've already talked about something or they already made an announcement about that and it's not new, then you're going to feel like you're limited. So I think there's that aspect of it too, whereas we can take a more holistic view on what customers really care about. And customers might be a little bit behind the market or they might be a little ahead of the market, but really meet customers where they are. And I think that's so important for companies. Katie? Thank you for joining us to talk about best practices of how to operationalize your positioning story. We invite all of our listeners to enjoy the whole series of podcasts that can be found on our website, firebk.com. Till next time, this is Bob McDonald for Firebrick.